You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad, and we recently here in Ottawa had uh, two parliamentarians from the Arachtus Interparliamentary Group uh, visiting in Ottawa. Well, at around the same time, the Minister for the Diaspora, Kieran Cannon, uh, he visited Newfoundland, and it was his first Canadian trip, uh, certainly in a ministerial capacity, to experience Newfoundland and the long history that exists between Ireland and Canada. Uh, Minister, thanks a million for taking some time to have a chat. You're very welcome, Austin. So, uh, your first official visit and you managed to uh, head straight to Newfoundland where the Irish, I would say, were it was their first port of call way, way back uh, many centuries ago. Yes, many centuries ago and perhaps it was an appropriate first place to visit my first time in Canada. And the landing point for so many Irish, uh, you know, some of them over 400 years ago now. Um, I am the Minister for Diaspora, responsible for the um, the well-being of our 17 million people all over the world who claim Irish ancestry. So it, I had all from the moment I was appointed in this ministerial role, well over a year ago now, I was always intent on getting to Newfoundland, and thankfully I finally did. Um, there's an extraordinarily strong right up to this day Irish community here. And for a group of people for whom their identity, their Irish identity means the world to them, Irish culture, Irish heritage. And it was wonderful to experience that at first hand, um, you know, from the sprawling city of St. John's right down to the tiny village on the Atlantic coast of, of Renews, and uh, to see the strength of the Irish community there and how the work is being done to sustain it and grow it and develop it. So um, it was a, certainly a very rewarding visit for me and my colleagues in the Department of Foreign Affairs. We spend just under 13 million uh, euro per year in supporting Irish communities across the world because we believe it's a fundamentally important thing to do. Uh, and to be able to visit one of those vibrant communities is certainly a very rewarding experience. So, Minister, many people in Ireland particularly would be very aware of the amount of uh, people who left Ireland during the famine and came to Canada, the US, Australia, wherever. And then mm-hmm. you'd have a lot of people who'd be very familiar with the people who came before the famine, say from the 1800s up to about the 1840s. But is th- I yeah. don't know if there's a real appreciation in Ireland of the migration that was happening back in the 1600s. Well, Austin, I'm glad you, you raised that point because I would say the vast majority of Irish people are not remotely aware of the very significant migration that took place long before the famine. I mean, the, the history, if you were to speak of the, the speak with the typical person in the street in Ireland and ask them about Ireland's history of migration and immigration, they would say to you, well, it all started with the famine. But, you know, we've, I've now learned over the last uh, few days uh, that it was going on well before that in, in, in Newfoundland and indeed other parts of the coast of Canada as well. So, um, and that's something that I'm certainly taking out of here, Austin, today as I'm sitting in the airport now actually speaking with you, is I want to ensure that there is a heightened awareness amongst Irish people in general of the extraordinary um, history here, of Irish history here on this island of Newfoundland. Uh, and that they should come visit and experience it for themselves at first hand because we now have that flight, that very valuable flight in place directly connecting St. John's to Dublin. Uh, and uh, Port Ireland, I know, are working hard to ensure that we have a significant number of visitors uh, travelling from Newfoundland to visit Ireland and seemingly the numbers there are very, very encouraging, very healthy. But I also want to see um, on the return leg uh, a significant number of Irish people coming to visit here because that um, aviation connection is only sustainable if it's, if it's doing well on both legs of the trip from Dublin to St. John. So I'm going to be spending some time when I go back. Um, I'm already tweeting about it, um, encouraging people to come visit here, not alone because of the cultural connection and, and the diaspora connection, because it's a stunningly beautiful place to visit. 
And of course, the connection with the southeast coast of Ireland, which you would have experienced when you were down in Renews and down around Bay Bulls and all there, where you have yes. Powers and yes. Walshes and Aherns. Correct. Um, you know, yes. and, and, and the accent, it's where you were still down in the southeast coast of Ireland. Yes, the accent and, and the way people express themselves. I mean, uh, you know, if I had taken somebody from my own hometown, I live in Athenry on, on the west coast, which is twinned with Renews, coincidentally. And, and blindfolded them and flew them across the Atlantic, they would swear they hadn't left home. You know, the music, uh, the people, the warmth, the kindness, the hospitality, that legendary Irish welcome replicated on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, and I was also very fortunate to meet with uh, Dr. John Mannion and his wife, Maura, who have spent decades documenting that big migratory move across the Atlantic and, and to see the work that they're doing there. Um, in ensuring that that, uh, that record, that really valuable record of the movement of our people and the, the familial kind of um, migratory pattern across the Atlantic um, is, is documented for good and so that people can access those resources in the future. And the Irish government, through the Department of Foreign Affairs, is funding a project now to digitize that whole uh, record that he has been painstakingly maintaining over the last 40 years in his basement, in his house in St. John's. So within a few months, that record will be available to everyone. So if you are that power family uh, sitting in either Renews or in Dunmore in Waterford, uh, you can go online and find out how exactly your people moved, when they moved, who they were, what age they were when they moved, and, and what careers or what options they took up here when they, when they, when they landed in Newfoundland. So, you know, part of a significant amount of my work is, is, in, is in enhancing and strengthening the links that exist between the people on the island of Ireland and elsewhere across the world. So, uh, these last three days of having you come landed an incredibly important part of that work. Minister, I think it's important that we share the Irish name for Newfoundland because it is reflective of what brought the Irish to Newf- Newfoundland so many hundred years. It is. Uh, yeah, as this Tolov on Aishk, the fishing ground, uh, that's what it is. And it's the, it's the only place name anywhere in the world outside the island of Ireland that is still recognised uh, through the Irish language and, and christened and described through the Irish language. Yeah. So Talavanesh, uh, the, the, the fishing girl, which, which reflects uh, the fact that you know thousands of young men predominantly in the early days uh, came across here to work in the very substantial fishing industry that existed in Newfoundland at the time. Uh, and then uh, they were followed by you know sometimes other members of their family, uh, women and children, so, um, as I say, there is that unique and very special uh, connection between Ireland and Newfoundland, but it doesn't really exist with any other diaspora community around the world. Minister, I know you had the opportunity to meet the former ambassador to Ireland, Leola Hearn, and you and he share uh, musical compositions. Um, did you get the opportunity to listen to the, mini- the, to the former ambassador's uh, composition from an island to an island? From island to island, we certainly did. Um, we were in a lovely little pub in uh, in Renews last night, uh, a place called In the Loop, which is an appropriate place <laughs> for uh, a pub on the Irish Loop. And there was a band there called um, Ready or Not, and they, and they played uh, one or two of, of um, Viola's compositions, including Nyland to an Island, and I was fortunate to be able to um, recognise the connection that exists between Renews and Athenry to be able to up and sing the fields of Athenry along with the band. So that was a very special moment for me as well, and you know, there is that unique connection between Athenry and the news uh, uh, ambassador, uh, Loyola, when he was um, in his role as Canadian ambassador to Ireland, he, he oversaw the twinning of the news in Athenry. In fact, I was at that twinning ceremony in Athenry this month, five years ago. And I recall telling Loyola at the time that I would, if I ever got the opportunity to make a, make a, make a journey to and use to Newfoundland and 
And thankfully this month I did. So it was a, a five-year anniversary of that twinning between when you and Adam Mike. So Minister, as, as somebody who is deeply embedded in music and loves music and composes music, can you see that mm. the experiences that you're gaining uh, in your role as a minister, where it's bringing you in touch with the diaspora, will inspire or mm. is inspiring you to put some of that into music? When you know something, you're, you're telepathic. <laughs> I've just been on my phone here um, jotting down a few words and potential lyrics. I, I just think this is a magical place. I really do. Um, and that connection is really, really special. And Leola did a wonderful job in interpreting in his, in his lyrical and musical way. And I'm going to make a stab at it and make an attempt at it over the next few months now. I don't have much time. I usually compose about a song a year. <laughs> so um, the last song I composed was... Um, on this way on to um, Sean Kane's um, new album, uh, a song called Nature's Little Symphony, and, and that was about Sean Kane and the Kane family, renowned uh, folk singers in the west of Ireland, and um, how their landscape influenced their music, the landscape they grew up in. So there is something really special um, uh, about the landscape here in Newfoundland. So I'm hoping, perhaps between now and this time next year, uh, to put something down that I can actually reflect the very special experience I've had over the last three days visiting this island and its, and its people. Um, there's something really, really unique here. Um, my wife and I, uh, each year, we spend about a week to ten days on a bike tour. It's kind of the way we, we signal that the summer holidays have begun. Uh, last year we were in Hungary and Slovakia. I think this year I know where I'm going. I'm coming back to Newfoundland uh, with my wife on our bikes and to really dig deeply into the landscape and the people and the culture and I'm looking forward to that very much. Minister, I'm very conscious of your time and I don't want to delay you and I know a flight, uh, when a plane is going to take off they close the door if you're not sitting on board. <laughs> much knowledge might like to stay in Newfoundland. I don't think it would be in that type of a situation. Not particularly, no. Um, yes, Arthur, and listen, thank you so much for, 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 the, for the opportunity to speak about Newfoundland and, and the, very, or the very unique relations that exist um, as I say, I've enjoyed my time here. It's been an honor for me to meet uh, these extraordinarily resilient people who have worked so hard to sustain their Irish identity, their Irish culture over almost four centuries now. And I look forward to meeting them again in the future. Thank you, Minister.